AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work. In traffic, so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Got my Prevnar 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk. Get vaccinated. But, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't give Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Delve into the visceral world of hip-hop with the Gangster Chronicles, hosted by MC8 and Big Steel. It's every Thursday, the podcast that aims to unravel the intricate tapestry of one of music's most influential and misunderstood subgenres, gangster rap. Let's go. Gangster Chronicles unpacks the evolution of this uniquely American art form, offering listeners a comprehensive understanding of the significance this genre holds. Listen to the Gangster Chronicles on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jordan Gonsalves, and I'm a journalist. Join me on my new podcast, But We Loved, where queer elders recount the amazing history they've lived through. In the middle of Wall Street, they stopped traffic. They were doing a die-in. And in the process, share little gems of wisdom for the next generation. The key is to understanding yourself, learning to love and embrace yourself. You can listen to But We Loved on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's how we own it! What's up, family? It's your girl, Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of Street Politicians, the place, the place where, where the, the streets, streets and politics meet. You are a birthday boy. How you feeling? 21, baby. I'm 21 years old. I'm feeling blessed and highly favored, man. Um, another year around the sun, man. You know, I'm here. Yeah, yeah, another year around the sun. I love that in your birthday post, you said that you love you. And love me. That's what it's all about right now is loving ourselves. You know, when, when I was um at the 
Billboard Music Awards, Mary had a, 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 a powerful speech. So, you know, of course, there's much to be said about um, what happened to me. Yes, you were celebrated. Yes. You got Diddy gave you yes. a but before, award we, before we talk about that, before we talk about that, um, Mary was speaking. And, and I was going to say that Mary and Janet Jackson in the same place blew my mind. I mean, I was totally starstruck. But anyway, so Mary was saying that, you know, she finally found her true love. And she said, my true love is me. She said, people ask, you know, who's managing Mary now? And she was like, you know, I'm managing Mary, you know, and I thought that was just such a powerful message, you know, that just like we've had other trends, you know, now there's the trend of people trying to take better care of their mental health. Because, you know, of course, that's not something that we did in the past. It, it was looked at as a stigma to go to the, you know, a therapist and all of that. But there's a trend that has happened where people are, um, you know, starting to take care of themselves and think more about their mental well-being. And I think the new trend that I would love for us to be on is just this idea of loving ourselves and building ourselves up. And, you know, because this world is like trying to tear every single thing around us down. And, you know, I think we have to be encouraging ourselves and our children to love yourself, as love my yourself. auntie would say, love yourself. Love yourself. <laughs> so love happy yourself. birthday to you. You look young, but you're old. Listen, you're man, old. you're only as old as you feel, man. I'm, I'm, I'm seasoned. I'm, I'm a seasoned young vet, man. So, and, and I'm feeling good, man. I'm feeling real good. And God bless, man. So, yeah. well, so back to your the Billboard Awards. Yes, crazy. Where you had a beautiful honor. Crazy. It was just, it was crazy how it happened. Like you called me like, Mice, I'm about to do this. And I'm like, what? what's going on? Like, I need, I got to do this. Diddy wants me to come here. And I'm like, all of this stuff, man. But it was well-deserved, man. You looked up there. You looked marvelous. You said what needed to be said in and out. You know, and, and, and he said real powerful words about, you know, giving you your flowers and, you know, you always showing up and being on the front lines and, you know, and you're our leader. So we already know that, you know, the world, I'm glad that the world gets to see for us at Until Freedom, you know, we, we, we witness every day. So congratulations to that. Thank you. It was really a heart, like a, a touching moment for me. Um, you know, backstage, I cried hard. I almost cried on the stage and Tariq, my son, he says, um, oh yeah, mom, I could, I saw it in your face and you were going to cry. You know, he knows me. I was like holding back tears because that good old makeup that I had from my homegirls that got me together in 24 hours. It was less than 24 hours. They got me together in Vegas. Shout out to my girl, Bree. And, um, you know, I, I, I wanted to really like in that moment, I was like, wow, like not tears of sadness, but tears of like pride. I think I was also proud that he was able to do it. You know what I'm saying? Like, like the fact that Puff was able to use the, the Billboard Awards and just basically go off script and give me a Revolt Award, which is his own network during the show in front of millions of international viewers. It just was, it was like so powerful. And like you said, I was in San Francisco 
speaking to a group of black women, which was also super powerful. And I got a call from him saying, I need you to be in Vegas. And the thing is, I, it wasn't like I could just get there, you know, the next day you had to get tested, COVID tested within a certain amount of time. And in order for me to get that test, I had to actually leave San Francisco immediately, get on the flight, go to Vegas. I mean, it was just, it was a lot. And those kinds of experience, and then, oh, and I didn't have anything in my suitcase to wear. So all of that stuff I had to figure out, but those types of experiences are the ones you never forget. And I'm so grateful to my brother Puff for one, being a partner in the fight, but also for using such a big platform to give me my flowers. It's, it's just something I'll, I'll never, ever, ever forget. It was a beautiful moment. And it's just so crazy, Mice, because it's like, it's your birthday. You're trying to enjoy the, you know, your time. I received this powerful award. And yet hanging over our heads is the darkness of our people being massacred in Buffalo, New York. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Delve into the visceral world of hip-hop with the Gangster Chronicles, a podcast that aims to unravel the intricate tapestry of one of music's most influential and misunderstood subgenres, gangster rap. Hosted by MC8 and Big Steels every Thursday, each episode provides an in-depth exploration into the formative artists, monumental albums, and socio-political factors that have shaped gangster rap from its emergence in the 80s to its enduring impact today. Gangster Chronicles unpacks the evolution of this uniquely American art form. We dive into the socio-cultural aspects that gangster rap boldly addressed, from police brutality to systemic racism, offering listeners a comprehensive understanding of the profound cultural significance this genre holds. Listen to the Gangster Chronicles on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's go. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season remind us to embrace change and fearlessly look toward the future. Like Andrew Jarecki, award-winning filmmaker and creator of Movie Phone. The studios didn't really control the theaters, the theaters didn't control the studios. And I thought, well, there's a window in here where I could make things easier for the consumer and also make something that would be very useful for the industry. Or Kellen Kenny, Chief Marketing and Growth Officer at AT&T, who installed fiber in customers' houses rather than leading from afar. It is so crucial that you spend time with the customers. That is the best lesson. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. 
Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, my name's Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready to, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You know, and it's just like, you can't even celebrate without something terrible happening, even to the point where in trying to celebrate the award, also in, you know, wanting to celebrate you and your birthday, I, I was, I struggled with the right post you know, the right things to say at a time when people are so hurt and broken. It is really, really, I don't know. Like, I don't know, Mice. I just don't know what to say. I mean, it's, it's a lot, man. You know, like you said, my birthday, the, the massacre of, you know, these 10 people. And then today you wake up and they, they killed a little girl in the Bronx. Shot yeah. in the stomach again. And it's like, you know, and I and I and I and I, I just put a post up. Like, at what point do we wake up, man? Mm-hmm. Like you see, we realize that white supremacy wants us dead. So they they, you know, you have white supremacists that come in our neighborhoods, it's killing us. We got police that that dress up, we got white supremacists dressed up as police that's trying to mm-hmm. kill us. And mm-hmm. then we in our own communities 
taking out our own soldiers and our own babies. Like this is overwhelming, man. It's overwhelming. And, and you know what? I realized that hurt people hurt people. You know, then you got people attacking everybody because they confused. They don't know what to do. And it's just like, we just, we just, we really need a moment to really just, just, yeah. just think and take it all in, man, because I, I, I can't process it. Like I don't have the pride. Just last week, I had to go, a kid was shot in my neighborhood, you know, and I had to go in front of the store that I go to, that me and my kids go to on the daily, you know what I'm saying? So all of right, he was kids. still there, and 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 there's actual video of that young video. man. Video. His life. Me the video, and I'm trying to uh -huh. put life back into his body, and it's just like it's just too much. Like we are really dealing. This is the pandemic. This is the pandemic and the epidemic, and it's 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 so much. You know, we're overwhelmed, man. So I I, I don't even know the right words to say. I don't know what to do, but I know we have to do something. I know that we really have to be strategic and intentional about doing something to try to stop the bleeding. Speaking of being intentional, uh, we have uh, our, our brother from Buffalo coming up as a guest today and really just want to take this show and just do a special today where we're not talking about all the things that we generally do, you know, um, and just focus on what the people, the local community in Buffalo, what is needed. Um, I think we should bring them on. So uh, for all the guests who are um, tuned in, listening in and watching, um, first of all, Jamil Cruz is our brother. Um, you guys know we have a running thing on this show about having our friends. We've got friends all across the country doing amazing things, amazing work. And Jamil Cruz is an organizer, um, an activist, and also a businessman there in Buffalo, in the community where this terrible massacre took place. Um, and Jamil, I just, first of all, I can't imagine your own mental health, like where you are in this moment, living in a community and being there all the time and having an office that is right there in the vicinity for where this shooting took place. Having a wife and a brand new baby who could have been at the, at the office that day and just needed to run across the street to the store. You just don't know. And I know you probably are thinking about all the scenarios of one, the folks who died, but also how you could have been one of them, your staff members. And I just want to say to you that my heart like is so broken and I'm just, I don't know the right words to say to you and the community there, but just know that you have love and support from people around the nation. No, so, uh, well, I certainly appreciate that. Um, as you guys can imagine, um, it's a mixed bag of emotions right now. Uh, we went through, you know, I know me personally just went through an entire range of emotions, you know, shock, um, anger, frustration, you know, questioning how this happened in our community. We see this stuff happening all the time, right, across the country. Uh, but you never think, you know, you never think that it'll happen in your community, in your backyard. And the fact that, again, that it happened right outside of my office. I have an office space right next door to where this, where this incident happened. And like you said, 
I could have been there. I usually work on Saturdays. You know, mm -hmm. my people from my team were in the office at the time when it happened. You know, I had one of, one of my guys who was who was there, you know, I was talking to him uh, throughout the day on Saturday. And he told me he was like one of the guys who was in the office. There's a corner store like right across the street from where this incident happened. One of the young men who was there, he went across the street to that store um, just to grab something to drink. And as he's coming out, he's hearing the gunshots and he's seeing bodies laying on the ground. You know, so and again, that could have been me. I was actually supposed to be going to my office on that Saturday because I had to drop off some stuff there. But, you know, unfortunately, you know, my wife was sick at the time and I was, you know, tending to her. So that's why I wasn't there, you know, but again, that could have been me. I, I, I literally arrived moments after the situation happened. Wow, you know, when, when you look at it on the news, you know, we, 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 unfortunately, this is, we have to do, deal with this work all the time. Yeah, one of my closest friends is from Buffalo and he was telling me how, you know, he, this is the regular supermarket most of the people in that area go to and it's frequented by mainly black people. So I just want to get a, a kind of feel like, what are people feeling? Is, is it really dreary time out there? How are the people responding? You know, again, um, it's, it's still a, a, a large, the, the, the level of shock that's like, that's taking place right now. Because again, you don't think that this is going to happen in your community. You know, as you stated, you know, the, the neighborhood that this, that this supermarket is in, 80% um, of the people that live there are Black people, right? So this is a, this is a large, uh, and we have a huge Black population here in the city of Buffalo. Contrary to what a lot of people might think or feel about the city, we have a huge concentration of people of color here in the city. It's actually a, a majority minority city, you know? So... Um, but for that particular area, you know, and for that to happen, first of all, that supermarket is the only one in the entire neighborhood. If that supermarket wasn't there, mm. that, that neighborhood would be a food desert. So mm. people rely on that supermarket, you know, going there to get fresh fruits and vegetables, you know, to being able to do those things. If not, they will be having to get their, 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 their groceries from the corner store. Mm. Right. So it, that's why it is so important that we, you know, that, that, that that supermarket was over there, you know? Mm -hmm. So, and, and, you know, it was a political like struggle to get that supermarket open. Right. I, I think. Absolutely. I heard, yeah. So people really fought to make sure that the supermarket was in the community. Yeah. I mean, and, and, that, and I think, you know, and this, it, the supermarket opened back in like 2002, 2003. And you got to think during that time, you know, um, Buffalo, you know, we weren't as, as much of a progressive city as we are now, right? You know, they were still, uh, I mean, it's, it's still very much so a heavily segregated city. Um, you know, I'm one of the most segregated cities in the country actually, you know, so, um, so at that time though, you know, you had that the power structure in place wanting to keep things, wanting to keep that status quo in place. So they wanted to keep the black people down and, you know, and, and other people elevated, you know? So, so yeah, there were, there was a, a collective effort at the time with the, uh, with our current mayor who was a city councilman in that district at the time to, mm -hmm. to bring that grocery store to the area, you know? So that's why it was really important because again, the, when I tell you guys, it's literally like no supermarkets within a several mile radius. It's, mm -hmm. I mean, it's actually the only supermarket on the east side of Buffalo. The only one. And if you know anything about Buffalo, the east side is predominantly African-American um, populated, you know, so. 
And it's like, you gotta wonder, you know, maybe I'm being a conspiracy theorist or whatever they, however they say it, but you gotta wonder whether or not he, as the shooter, really targeted, not just like, oh, yeah, I think I'm gonna go to this store, but like whether he knew some of what you're talking about and then who else did he communicate with that potentially helped him choose where to go? Like I'm, I'm, I'm unwilling to let these be standoff issues, standalone issues where, oh, just some crazy person went out and did. I believe it is a, an attack that is coordinated happening, mm-hmm. you know, somewhere and it's, it's being organized because it's just too, it's too much of a sweet spot for him to live three hours away and just happen to come to Buffalo and choose this particular store. Tamika, it's not a, it's not a conspiracy theory whatsoever. He actually stated, you know, and, and, and there have been reports that have, that have come out where he actually stated that he studied the census map in that area. He studied the census. Wow, map. So, I didn't read the manifesto. So yeah, this is so okay. Mm-hmm. This is this is a well-coordinated attack that took place. At what 18 years old. At he, 18. Wow. At I 18. really want to know what what I really want to know what level of poison a mind has to be fed to to have this level of coordination to do this level of evil. Like to really coordinate this level of evil, how does the mind what do they feed into these kids? These are kids, like literally 18. Like, what do they feed into these kids that they literally have poisoned them to the point where they commit atrocities? Mm. Listen, this is not this is not something that um there's like you said, it was a one-off. This is this isn't something that you know you had this one person who just was maybe saw some stuff online and just was indoctrinated. No, this stuff was taught at home, man. This stuff was taught at home. And, on, and it was taught by, and it was in his theory that I did read, the white replacement theory yes. is being taught on Fox News by Tucker Carlson on a regular basis. The great replacement, the replacement of legacy America. The strategy is to change the demographics of the country. You disempower the people who live here. You take their votes away. The Democratic Party is trying to replace the current electorate. How precisely is diversity our strength? Since you've made this our new national motto, please be specific as you explain it. Can you think, for example, of other institutions, such as, I don't know, marriage or military units, in which the less people have in common, the more cohesive they are? Do you get along better with your neighbors or your coworkers if you can't understand each other or share no common values? So he, to your point, this is being ingrained in his mind. Yes. Yes, you know, so again, this is not a one-off situation. You know, with all of the, the media around, like you said, you, you, you just uh, referenced Tucker Carlson. You know, he had over 400 references of this replacement theory over the last couple of years. You know what I mean? So between that and just the stuff you're finding out online, and I'm, I promise you, you know, this stuff is self-taught. I mean, this stuff is learned at home. These are learned behaviors. Yeah. You know, these are learned behaviors. So, so this, you know, so this is, we really got to sit back and really think about like that, you know, right. like how, how do we, how, what, how do you get to a point where you get that much indoctrinated or you have that much evil in your heart that you want to inflict this much pain on a community? Right. I had a chance that somebody told me guys, 
not to watch the not to watch the full video. Yeah. Right. I saw the full video and it completely broke me. It completely broke me. Yeah. You know, because these are some of the most vulnerable people that you're talking about. Elders. You're talking about mm-hmm. elders in our community, 70, 80 plus year old women, mm-hmm. people's grandmothers, mothers, aunts, mm-hmm. uncles, you know what I mean? Like, and to see, you know, the, the harm he inflicted. I mean, I literally, when I watched that video that night, I literally cried myself to sleep. I cried myself to sleep. And I'm not a big emotional person like that. But I, I couldn't unsee what I saw. And still to this to this very moment, I still cannot unsee what I saw. Mm. So, I mean, it, it hurts. It does well, hurt. You, with, with, you know what, <laughs> my, when I hear you ask the question, what level of like coordination and what goes into your mind for you to commit such evil, I think you forget where we just came from last month. No, but I, and, and I'm saying, and I say that because of that, because that's what I said, you know, when I sat into, went to Elmina Dungeons, you know, formerly known as Castles to most, but when I sat in there and, and, and we got the history and understood how people have been treated, killed, enslaved, and, and just all the things that were done, that's what went through my mind. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I, I'm, I'm never going to not think that because I don't have a soul of that has no empathy or no that doesn't have any kind of remorse. Like my spirit cannot even fathom the level of evil that we be talking about, right? And this is is normal. This is like you know every year, two years we got mass shootings, you know, kids in schools. Now it's supermarkets, churches. You know, and I don't, and I want to, and I really be trying to understand. I'd be like, you know, and and how do you hate people that much? How do you, because it wasn't, because he had empathy for for the white person, right? The white mm-hmm. man. The, the, white, the white, man. white man. White man. Yep. White man. And that's mm-hmm. something, I don't want people to miss that. I don't know if there's another white man that was shot. And I, I, know, I know there's two white victims, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I don't, and I know one is a white woman who's deceased. I don't mm-hmm. know if the other person. The white woman died too? One white yes. woman one, died. one white woman did, yeah. Right, but, but there's another white person who was also shot. And I'm not sure if that person is a man or woman and whether they have lived or not. It but might have I, been that, that man that he said sorry to. He probably shot him and then said sorry. I don't think so. I think that man yeah, was I, completely spared. Oh, okay. mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. But, but. Somebody but, needs to interview him and just. And because and, and, I want to know what his what his mind state is. Like, like how does he feel? How does he feel? Like, is there some survivor's guilt, remorse? You know, yeah. I'm sure there probably is. It, it has to be. It has to be because it's just like when you see that your life has been been spared the way. I mean, the, the dude literally went up to him, pointed the gun at him. He was like, uh-uh, and he was like, oh, sorry, and then ran away. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's just insane because this guy was very intentional about going and trying to inflict harm on as many black people as he possibly could period period and that was it period and that's why i'm saying it's important for us to know what is the gender of the other white person who was killed or shot injured because what appears to me is that he or what is apparent to me is that when he saw a white man 
he retreated because there is also right which we we're not going to hmm I want to be careful. We're not going to let it overshadow. We're not going to make that the yeah, main yeah. point, but we're going to point out the fact yeah, that it but exists. Because, because women in general, sexism in general, is an issue that these white men have, right? So they'll, they'll kill their own women. Men, they will spare. Now, the sad part, though, is that when we try to organize with white women, to help save even themselves, they will still overwhelmingly support the white Stand men. Stand by their man. Stand by their man. Stand by their men, overwhelmingly, who will kill them with no problem, take away their right to have abortions, won't pay them equally, all of that. And yet and still, that when it's time to vote for their white man, their, who, their, their white supremacist husbands, they stand with them overwhelmingly, 53, 54%. So white women, they're not doing enough work. And I, that's why I need to know, because when somebody gives me what I think is true, I'm going on every platform I can to talk about the fact that white women, y'all still keep on siding with your husbands. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, homeboy st stood right there and looked at a white man and said, oh, I'm so sorry, you, you're not my target. And I don't care what y'all tell me, there is no way that an 18-year-old child studied the maps by himself and, been, and has been studying white replacement theory alone. It's not true. So that means that he's a part of a cell. It's, listen, that's very, that's very accurate. Uh, we know this to be true. Right. But the question is, what are we doing to combat it? Right. Because there have been multiple reports right. over right. and over again saying how uh, white supremacy is is the greatest threat to domestic terrorism in this country. But yet we aren't doing anything about it. So we want to know, you know, what's your plan for it? Like, let's let's talk to the government. What's your plan to combat this issue? What's the budget look like? What's the staff look like? I mean, you got all this stuff for all these anti-terrorism, homeland security stuff you know, for, you know, people outside of the country who don't look like us. But when you when you get on and, and, and explicitly state that, you know, the greatest um, threat to democracy here in this country is 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 white supremacy and, and white terrorism, but you're not doing anything about it. You're part of the problem. You're part right. of the well, problem. Well, well let I'm me. Sure we have let a structure me, that supports it. But let me give y'all this is a point. Right. So this guy had already been in trouble I think a year ago, because he um, he he threatened to shoot up a school. I don't know if it was his school or a school, but yeah, it was his school because some students overheard him talking about it. I think he wrote some stuff online. So he was already arrested. They did some mental health check on him and they released him, right? And sent him back to into the world. Now check this, let's put a pin right there. And look at the nine-year-old boy who walks across the street to a Black family's house, a white boy, a white nine-year-old child, walks across the street to a Black family's house looking for their daughter, their nine-year-old daughter, and uses a whip hitting their car and the door, right? And this lady has to tell him to get the hell out of there. Then the father goes over to the white family's house. The black father goes to the white family's house. 
and the white man pulls a gun out on this black man because his child went over to their house threatening this black family. Uh, police, oh, well, they're gonna move soon. Don't worry about it. So now here's the parallel. You've got a boy who threatens to shoot up a school. What do they do? Send him back into society. They do nothing to your point. What are we going to do? At what point does a child who even mentioned something about shooting a school become a target that has to be somehow or another dealt with, right? Then you've got a kid, nine years old, who already, he's already the 18-year-old. He's already on his way to being the 18-year-old. What did the police do? Nothing. So I understand when the people of Buffalo say, what the hell are elected officials and, and Joe Biden and all these people, what are you coming here for? Because you're coming to do the prayer vigil, but the prayer vigil is not enough. We need action on these issues. And to your point, the resources need to be coming down into our community so that we can protect ourselves. That's a fact. So one of the things that I think that's at our advantage right now is that, you know, we have the, the attention of, of people in power and people are asking us, what do, what do we want? What do we need? And okay, so we're going to tell them, we're going to give them a plan of action on what we want and what we need and really, you know, you know, hold their feet to the fire. You know, like, are, are you going to step up? Because time and time again, we've seen it happen over and over again when these mass shootings happen, you know, their thoughts and prayers, their vigils, but when the cameras go away, it's just the energy just dies down and then it's just, it's just on to the next one, right? So we need to figure out, you know, okay, you know, if, if first of all, what our plan of action is going to be, and we have to be cohesive in, in our messaging, and we have to be on one accord with our messaging. And then once we do that, you know, we hold, we hold these people accountable. Like if you, if you say that you're going to, you know, that you're there to support us and, you know, and provide us the resources. Okay. This is exactly what we need, you know? And I think right now, again, because we have the attention of everyone, we want to make sure that, you know, that we're capitalizing on that. Mm. You have to, man. It's, it's, it's just, like I said, man, I, I'm, I'm just at a loss for words, man, because everybody makes these things political, you know, the left is the right. And it's like, how do you support anything, right? Any organization, any system or anything that furthers this, that perpetuates it. Like when you, we talk about Fox News and Tucker Carlson, like I, I it, sometimes me and Tamika watch Fox News just to see how crazy people are. We watch like it. We, we literally do. Like Me we, too. Me because too. we have to understand what the open enemy is doing. We have to understand mm -hmm. what they're thinking. So when mm -hmm. you hear what Tucker Carlson says shit like this, and we be like, Yo, this man's bugged out, they're not taking it as bugged out. These mm -hmm. young kids are taking it and they're writing it down and they're living their life. And then there's somebody else programming them and they and they really actually carrying out mass acts. Of, of destruction and massacre against us. And yeah. we have to be aware. Like at this point, when you, you know, unfortunately when we, in our communities, before we used to look and see a white boy, like what are you doing in the hood? Like we gotta be real scared now. You see a white boy yeah. walk into the hood, you gotta be, you know, you it gotta, it gotta be a whole different reaction. Bro, that's how it was the other day. That's how it was the other day when I was there on Saturday and on Sunday, you know, at the scene of, of this situation that happened, you know, 
to be honest with you, I'm 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 side eyeing all the white people that's there. Yeah, because it's a copy. You know, because these, like, copy these copycat murders they happen all the time. It don't just happen one. You know, it don't do. It's usually another one directly after because somebody wants to copy it. But like, we are endangered species. Like this shit is really crazy to me. Like I really every time things and it gets closer and closer. You know, you know. Unfortunately, I was locked up in Orleans, which is by Buffalo. So I got a lot of mm -hmm. Buffalo friends and a lot of people I know from Buffalo. So, you know, a lot of I see a lot of my friends on the internet. You know, my my son's mother's sister lives out there in Buffalo. So, you know, it's a concern. And it's just like, wow, like it's getting it's getting closer and closer. Soon they're going to pull up in the hood in the Bronx with the same thing, because this that population well, is. But Buffalo, so what I'm hearing is this community in Buffalo is the hood in the Bronx, right? It's it's the hood. It's, it's the same thing. So yeah. that's another problem. It's like we're we, we get disconnected from stuff like, oh, well, that happened over there. What That's stops them from doing it right here? In a city. Yeah, in a city in Alabama, it could be anywhere um, that these people pop up. And so I think what you said, Jamil, is so important that we have to use all of these moments as an opportunity, not just to sing and cry about it, which we deserve that. We deserve to sit with and, and feel, right? Like mm -hmm. even today, it's, it's, it's hard for us to find the right words because to my son's point, we never need to get to a place where this is just normal to us. It mm -hmm. always right. needs to, to penetrate, right? Um, but we have to be more strategic in terms of how we approach all these people with resources um, who are coming into the community. And, and I think that's what's important. It's like, what do the people need? Uh, uh, Pastor Mike um, of Live Free, an organization that also has, uh, I think they have an office there in Buffalo as well. Uh, and they do a lot of mental health work. Um, they are sending in mental health specialists for the next couple of months to try to help people in the community process what has happened. I need to connect the two of you if you don't know Pastor Mike Jamil. No, so, I, would, I would love to connect with him. Yeah, so things like that, like real deliberate action um, needs to happen and whatever it is that we can do to be supportive. I know you did something yesterday where uh, folks showed up, you know, and whatever we can do, whatever resources we can give, we want to be supportive. We want to be there, um, you know, in any way that we can to support you and the entire community of Buffalo. No, and we re really appreciate that because one, one of the things that we realize is that uh, we can't do this work in, in, in our individual silos, right? It's going to take a, a, a collaborative effort, you know, um, amongst people locally, people outside of the area as well, right? Why I think what we're doing right now is important because, you know, you guys are helping to amplify, you know, what we're, the challenges that we have right now. I think everybody has a part to play. We can't expect people to all play the same role the same exact mm -hmm. way right mm -hmm. we have to like understand what where people's strengths are and utilize them for their strengths so you know what you guys are doing right now this this is really important for us because it's helping us to amplify that message and hopefully in that amplification you know we can start to develop the right um uh collaborations and getting the resources that we need to make sure that things like this don't happen again one of the things again i mentioned this earlier about about that that grocery store being um, the only one in that in that neighborhood yeah, in right. on the east side of Buffalo. 
we would love to get the resources that we can put another grocery store right. in the area. You know is what I mean? Like it's things now? Is it, it closed? is closed right now. So right yeah. now there's a food issue in, in yep. terms of getting, as you said, fresh fruits and vegetables and other things to families. And even with the vigil that we did yesterday, it was all about, it was, okay, we did the vigil, but we also did a food distribution as well. Okay. You know, we want to make sure that we have a present. We did that on Sunday as well, the, the day after the, after the shooting. We wanted to make sure that we, you know, that we do have a presence in the community. And again, I have a vested interest because I have an office over there in that community. Right. Right. You know, so I'm, I'm just as much a part of that community that, that, that every, you know, with everybody else. So, um, but we want to make sure that we have the resources that we, that we need so we can have long-term sustainability. And so this is just not a one-off situation, you know, because again, the moment is going to die down. We understand that it happens all the time. You know, history is often a good indicator and a good predictor of the future. So we know that this is this situation is going to die down. The, the eyes of the world is not going to be on Buffalo in a very short period of time. So one, let's take advantage of this, this opportunity that we have right now, but also for those listening, let's let's see how we can all collectively come together right, to kind of mm. help us make sure that we have some long-term sustainability um, for the folks that live in that community and in that neighborhood. Well, for me, you know, we, we, we definitely want to support you and we, we're going to support you in any way that we possibly can. But I think for me, the deeper is, is accountability, not just to him, but anybody that fuels that level of hate, anybody who spews that level of hate, like there has to be intention People like Tucker Carlson and, and Fox News and, and others that we know have fueled that. Like when we look at the insurrection, things like these things are fueled by things. Right. Fueled by people who, who know what they're doing. You know, so I think for us, we have to we have to focus on a few. We got to mm. focus on and target those people who are, are, are directly, these are the people, like they said, where there's where there's darkness, there'll be sin. But the guilty mm -hmm. one is not the one who commits the sin, it's he who creates the darkness. Mm -hmm. So we got to start getting the people that's creating the darkness. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's a fact. Well, on that note, Jamil, thank you for being with us. You know, we in touch anyway on the mm -hmm. fly. We've been that way and that won't change. Um, yes. And we need to figure out how we can really help to continue to elevate your voice. You didn't just pop up, you know, as a leader. You've been Buffalo all the way. Mm -hmm. We all know it. You brought us to <laughs> Buffalo. Um, and we'll be back to be, you know, standing hand in hand with you to figure out what we can do to help the community. Much love. No, yeah, we appreciate you guys. And thank you guys for this platform to help us elevate and amplify, you know, our messages up here. Really appreciate it. We want to send out prayers. I want to send out prayers and condolences to the families and, and those who lost their loved ones and just the whole community of Buffalo and, and just saying that we, we with you, man. I know this is, I know it's tough times. I, it's overwhelming for me. Like I'm, I'm just tired of seeing black people dying. Yeah. Like I'm tired. There's so much death, you know, that it's just becoming overwhelming. So I just want to, I know that if you feel like I feel, man, just take a deep breath, man. Tell somebody you love them. Mm -hmm. You know, only thing that can stop hate is love, man. So we yeah. just, we gotta, we gotta love ourselves a lot, man. Yeah. So appreciate yeah. you. Yeah. And I'll say this last thing. The one thing that kind of keeps me going is the fact that I did just have my first child. Right. So my, my, my newborn, my son, my son, sire, my prince sire, and being able to go home and see him and to hug him and, and to know that, uh, you know, I'm going to unfortunately I have to raise him in a world where I have to teach him that his, his skin color might be a threat. But knowing that, you know, 
he's going to be able to carry on the legacy of mm. what we what we're doing right now. Uh, that's that's my fuel. So um, I'm doing I'm doing this not only just for my people but for my son as well. Well, you're doing a good you, job. Thank you. Thank we you, appreciate you. Jamil. God bless you and your family. I appreciate y'all. Thank y'all. AT and T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Delve into the visceral world of hip-hop with the Gangster Chronicles, a podcast that aims to unravel the intricate tapestry of one of music's most influential and misunderstood subgenres, gangster rap. Hosted by MC8 and Big Steels every Thursday, each episode provides an in-depth exploration into the formative artists, monumental albums, and socio-political factors that have shaped gangster rap from its emergence in the 80s to its enduring impact today. Gangster Chronicles unpacks the evolution of this uniquely American art form. We dive into the socio-cultural aspects that gangster rap boldly addressed, from police brutality to systemic racism, offering listeners a comprehensive understanding of the profound cultural significance this genre holds. Listen to the Gangster Chronicles on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's go. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season remind us to embrace change and fearlessly look toward the future. Like Andrew Jarecki, award-winning filmmaker and creator of Movie Phone. The studios didn't really control the theaters. The theaters didn't control the studios. And I thought, well, there's a window in here where I could make things easier for the consumer and also make something that would be very useful for the industry. Or Kellen Kenny, Chief Marketing and Growth Officer at AT&T, who installed fiber in customers' houses rather than leading from afar. It is so crucial that you spend time with the customers. That is the best lesson. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, my name's Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose, 
I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready. To, you know, People give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. So, you know, I mean, it's not a lot of words to say. You know, I think Jamil, he is, you know, such an important um, leader. And, you know, these things happen in certain places and at certain times that we have to recognize also like God's hand, right? Because Jamil is an incredible organizer. So the fact that this happens in a community that he's in makes me feel like people for whatever it's worth, they're gonna be all right, right? Cause I know what he's gonna do. I know the work he's gonna put in. And, and I want us not to, because we, we, we talk about these issues and like you said, it becomes political, the left, the right, the this and that but there are actual families. There are actual names that need to be called and people that have to be remembered. Um, and so I think for us today, since there's not much left to be said, we should really acknowledge these actual uh, individuals and not just talk about them as if it's just, you know, it was just a shooting. No, our grandmothers and grandfathers and our brothers and sisters, they were, killed by someone who targeted them and they could have targeted any one of us. So these are our fallen soldiers. So uh, Roberta A. Drury, she's 32 years old. Marcus D. Morrison, who's 52 years old. Andre McNeil, 53 years old. Aaron Salter, 55 years old. Geraldine Talley, 62 years old. Celestine Cheney, 65 years old. Hayward Patterson, 67 years old. Catherine Massey, 72 years old. Pearl Young, 77 years old. Ruth Whitfield, 86 years old. Hmm. Zaire Goodman, 20 years old. Uh, she was treated and released from the hospital. Also Jennifer Warrington, 50. She was treated and released from the hospital. And Christopher Braden, 55 years old. He had non-life-threatening injuries. Hmm. Their souls rest in peace. May the pain of their families be found some level of relief at some point. God bless. God bless. Thank you for joining Street Politician. This is- 
Washington Street politicians on the Black Effect Network on iHeartRadio. Catch us every single Wednesday, Wednesday. the video version of Street Politicians on iWoman.tv. Got my Prevnar 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk. Get vaccinated. But, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. I'm Jordan Gonsalves, and I'm a journalist. Join me on my new podcast, But We Loved, where queer elders recount the amazing history they've lived through. In the middle of Wall Street, they stopped traffic. They were doing a die-in. And in the process, share little gems of wisdom for the next generation. The key is to understanding yourself, learning to love and embrace yourself. You can listen to But We Loved on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Delve into the visceral world of hip-hop with the Gangster Chronicles, hosted by MC8 and Big Steel. It's every Thursday, a podcast that aims to unravel the intricate tapestry of one of music's most influential and misunderstood subgenres, gangster rap. Let's go. Gangster Chronicles unpacks the evolution of this uniquely American art form, offering listeners a comprehensive understanding of the significance this genre holds. Listen to the Gangster Chronicles on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. Is he breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcasts.